This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. One of those things that brings devastation are tornadoes. It's not uncommon to hear of a region of our country that has been ravaged by tornado leaving behind death and destruction. People look for a shelter. They look for some place where they can hide when that comes. Today we want to talk about a hiding place. We want to talk about man's need of a hiding place. Please stay tuned. I'm Billy Lambert and I want to welcome you today to Getting to Know Your Bible. I want to thank you for tuning in today, especially if this is your very first time to see our telecast. And I hope that you'll become a regular viewer in the future. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a Bible course, something that will help you to get to know your Bible. And we want to make it available to you today. We have thousands of people all over the world that are studying this Bible course. And we want to pause long enough that you can learn a little about the course and then how you can take the course in your home. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read to you today from the 32nd chapter of Isaiah. And I want to read these words, verse number 2. And a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Think about that verse for just a moment. He said, a man, a man shall be what? A man will be like a hiding place. From what? From the wind. He'll be like a covert or a covering from the tempest, that is, a place to hide. He'd be like rivers of water in a dry place. He'll quench your thirst. He'd be like the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. You know, it's very hard for us to imagine the fury of the whirlwinds uh, in the east. I I've read that those whirlwinds can become so fierce that they could break iron and granite columns into pieces. And houses would be tossed around in the wind. And that entire fleets of ships could be lost at sea because of the tempest. I doubt there's anything that can compare with the whirlwinds they have on the desert. I want you to try to imagine this. 
Here's a traveler out on the desert. In the distance, he sees the darkening of the horizon. And then he sees what appears to be mountains of sand rising and falling. He knows what's happening. It's a sandstorm. He knows that unless he finds some place that he can take shelter, that he'll perish there on the desert. He sees a ledge of rock, and he goes and he hides beneath that ledge of rock. And when the storm comes, he's in a safe place because the storm beats upon that ledge of rock and protects him from the storm. The person that's referred to in Isaiah 32 and verse 2 is Jesus. A man, Jesus, will be like a ledge of rock. He will be like a hiding place from all of the storms that we're going to face in this old world. You know, the city of Pompeii is really known for its destruction. Mount Vesuvius erupted, and it buried the city under tons and tons of boiling mud and ash. Many of those people having faith in their false gods fled to their temples for refuge, to find a place to hide. And they found a refuge, but they also found a grave. Many people are looking for refuge today. They're looking for a refuge in what Isaiah described in Isaiah 28, 17 is a refuge of lies. That is, it's insufficient. So sometimes people look for refuge in their infidelity. A long time ago, the psalmist said in Psalm 14, 1, the fool said in his heart that there's no God. There's not a refuge there. I read a story about a man who volunteered to fight during the Civil War. And he knew nothing about soldiering. He came with his squirrel gun. And, and the first battle, and he claimed that he was an unbeliever. He did not believe in God. The very first battle in which he engaged, he was shot. He fell back into the arms of his comrades, and he cried out, O oh God, save me. All it took was just one bullet to knock the infidelity out of him. That's not a refuge. So some people are looking for refuge in their own human goodness. They think if they can just be good enough, all's going to be well. But you know, our goodness is described in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6 as filthy rags, just filthy rags in the sight of God. Titus 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but, but according to His mercy He has saved us. You see, our goodness is not sufficient for a hiding place. And some people are looking for a hiding place in those things that are built by men. Je Jesus said, 
every house that is not built upon the solid foundation is headed for destruction. Listen to him in Matthew chapter 7. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, him will liken unto a wise man that built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it is founded on a rock. And then he said, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them not is like to a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now think about those two fellows. Both of them were builders. Both of them built a house. Both of them had a foundation. But there was one major difference. One heard the Word and did it. One heard the instructions of Jesus and did them not. One is described as building on a solid foundation. The other is described as building upon the sinking sand. Upon what are you building your life? Where is your refuge or your hiding place? You know, actually, the Bible tells us about various refuges. The ark was actually a hiding place for Noah and his family. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible there reads like this, When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a prepared, wherein few that is eight souls, listen to it, were saved by water. They were saved in the ark. It was a refuge. Now all of those in the ark were saved. Those out of the ark perished when the flood came. So the ark was a refuge. And Noah and his family were saved from that flood by the grace of God. Listen to Genesis 6 and verse 8. That Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Noah did not save himself. He did not foresee the flood coming. He did not know how to build an ark. Noah did, did not know a flood was coming until God instructed him, until God told him how to build an ark. And when he built the ark and saved from that flood, it wasn't because he had worked it out himself. It was by the unmerited favor or grace of God. He was saved by faith. If he, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah was saved by faith, by grace through faith in the Word of God. But he was saved by obedience. Genesis 6 and 8 tells us, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. If you had lived in the time of Noah, would you have been saved in that ark? The ark was a refuge or a hiding place in Noah's day. Now also in the Old Testament, we read about a house of refuge. Now this takes us back to the time the children of Israel were in the land of Egypt. And this was the time they were enslaved in the land of Egypt. 
And God heard them crying out to him for deliverance. And he heard their cries, and he came down to deliver them. He appeared to Moses, told Moses to go back to the land, to go back to Pharaoh, and appear before Pharaoh and to tell him, let my people go. And Pharaoh refused to let the people go. But it's not until God brought some plagues on the land, ten of them in number, they let them go. The death, the death of the firstborn of man and beast was that final plague. So God wanted to save His people from it. So He instructed the people through Moses to go out into the midst of their flock, to find a lamb a year old without blemish, and to put the blood of that animal on the lintel in the doorpost of their houses. Now, that seems simple enough, does it? Just put the blood on your door. And this is what God told them in Exodus 12, 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you when I smite the land of Egypt. If you've ever wondered the origin of the Passover, this is it. Every home that had blood on the door became a house of refuge. Also in the Old Testament, we read about cities of refuge. Now, there were 48 cities and suburbs that were given to the Levites. And there were six of those cities that were designated cities of refuge. You read about this in the uh, book of Numbers, chapter 35. Now, those cities of refuge were for the benefit of someone who had maybe accidentally, unintentionally taken the life of another or had killed another, maybe even intentionally, and they could flee to one of those cities of refuge. And, as, and then they could be in that city, and there was one who would be called the avenger of blood, avenging the blood of the one who had been slain, and they would pursue that individual. But if the man who had killed a person, whether intentionally or accidentally, he could be safe in that city of refuge until he was declared to be innocent or guilty. Now, an example of that is, is uh, about a man by the name of uh, uh, Abner. And, and Abner had his brother who was killed. Uh, Asakil, he was killed, and he became the avenger of blood. And so Abner fled to Hebron, one of the six cities of refuge. In reading the text, it appears that Abner came outside the city and just long enough, for the avenger of blood to kill him. It is said, this is actually a question, died Abner as a fool dieth? Well, he died right there at the door, the gate of safety. He's just outside the door. Wouldn't it have been better if he had stayed in the city and then he would have been safe from the avenger of blood? So those are the cities of refuge. Somebody says, now it's Old Testament, Billy. Tell us something for today. Well, we have a place of refuge today. And our place of refuge today is Jesus Christ. A man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, a covering from the tempest. Now, let's all be honest. We all have problems in life. Do you ever wish 
You had some place you could just go and get away from all of that. You see, there are these tempests that, that, that whirl in our lives. There's the tempest of temptation. Someone says, it doesn't bother me. It just did. Because the Bible says there's no temptation that, that, that taken man that such as common to man, but, but God will with that temptation make a way to escape it. You see, all of us are tempted. And whatever tempts one person may not tempt another. But the fact is we're all tempted. We need to understand this about temptation, that, that, that God doesn't tempt us. James 1, 13 and 14. Even Jesus was tempted, Hebrews 4, 15. He was tempted at all points, just like we are, according to that passage. And we can come to Him, and He's the one who can help us with those temptations. Isn't it comforting to know that we can pray, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. And then there's the whirlwind of trouble in our lives. Now, if my audience today is like an average audience when I'm on television, there are people watching right now that are going through a fire, going through a storm in your life. Maybe you have had the doctor to tell you that you have a serious illness. That there isn't anything that can bring your, to the, to you to your knees any more than hearing the doctor say you have cancer. And I know that I'm speaking to someone right now who's experienced that because it is so prevalent today. And if you have not experienced it, you know someone that has. There isn't anything that can just knock you down and break you down any more than to hear that. I know. I have been there. And thankfully, I have been, mine has been arrested now for a number of years. Maybe you're having family problems. You're having problems with your children. Maybe you're having financial woes. Maybe your neighbor bothers you. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're having problems on your job. You see, there are all kinds of things that, that bring problems and, and hurt in our life. Where are you going to go when that happens? Some people just go inside, that is, they crawl up in a hole. But we don't have to do that. Because the Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 7, cast your care upon Him, for He cares for you. You see, there's one that cares, and that's Jesus. There's a song we often sing, Does Jesus care? Does Jesus care? And the refrain is, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. There's somewhere you can go. 
and when there's sin in my life, when I know I've done wrong, I need a place to go. I need a shelter from the consequences of that sin. Not trying to hide it, not trying to run away from it. I need to be able to do something about it. Psalms 32, 1 says, Blessed is the man whose sin is covered. And we can only be happy when our sins are, are covered with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where's the safest place for you to be? If, 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 I were to, if I were sitting in your home, if I was sitting in your den or sitting at your table in, the, in, the, in your kitchen and we were there sharing a cup of coffee together and, and if I were to ask you this question, where's the safest place you could be right now? I mean really safe. Forget about tornadoes. Forget about storms. Forget about temptations. Where's the safest place right now? The safest place for any of us to be is in Jesus. I want to read a passage to you from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 12 where, where the apostle said, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able, I love that part of that verse, He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him, I've committed my soul to Him, against that day, and that day refers to the day of judgment. Now where do you think the safest place for you to be? The safest place for you to be is to be in Jesus. Have you ever thought about what you would have if you were in Jesus? Now, you're either in Jesus or you're not in Jesus. Is that, isn't that logical? But I know what you have if you're in Jesus. Number one, you have access to spiritual blessings. Whatever all of them might be, that's plural, blessings. And there, there are lots of them, but you have access to them. Listen to Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Not some of them, but all of them in heavenly places. Where are they? In Christ Jesus. So I know that if I'm in Christ, I have access to all of those blessings. Let me read you another benefit of being in Christ. This one is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now that just, that, that's just marvelous, isn't it? That, that, that if you're in Christ... You remember all those things you used to do? That, that, that it's in your past? Wouldn't it be wonderful to know that there, there's something you can do about your past? And, and that when our past is, is forgiven by God, it's gone forever. 
As a matter of fact, in Hebrews 8 and 12, the Bible says, I'll be merciful to their righteousness, unrighteousness, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. So when they're forgiven, they're gone in the sight of God. And then we become a new creature in Jesus Christ, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. That's a blessing that we have when we're where we belong, where we're safe in Jesus Christ. Think about another of those blessings that's located in Christ. That's salvation. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10, listen to this. I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. What's in Christ's salvation? You see, if you have salvation, spiritual blessings, you have... Uh, uh, you're now a new creature in Christ. You're in a pretty safe place, aren't you? Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? Wouldn't you like to be in that safe place? He said, yes, but, but, but Brother Lambert, I just don't know how to get into Christ. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, I, I call your attention to the sixth chapter of Romans, beginning in verse number one. And there Paul says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer there? And no, you're not. Listen to it now. That's the many of us as we're, listen to it now, as we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into His death. Now let's stop right there. How do you get into Christ, Paul? You're baptized into Him. What do you have if you're in Christ, Paul? You have salvation. You're a new creature. Access to all spiritual blessings. Have you ever thought about being baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins? If you've thought about that, why don't you contact us? We have people call us all the time. They said, I'm ready to do that, Brother Lambert. And we find someone who can assist you. You know, Jesus said, He that believeth one is baptized too, shall be saved. Number three, it's just that simple. I want to thank you for watching today. And I want to, in the, in the close, give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. Also, pick up the phone right now and call for that free Bible course. You can take it online if you prefer, but whatever you do, increase your knowledge of the Bible by studying this World Bible School Bible Correspondence course, and you'll never regret it. Thank you, and God bless you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1 877 5214. Join us next time for getting to know your Bible.